Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu, M-I-I-L-U dot com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, we are back for yet another episode. I'm actually recording. This is my third interview I'm recording in one day today. It's been quite the treat. But I am joined by Paige Daniels for a special edition episode of series we're doing on brand position. We're going to do a brand position consultation of sorts today. But Paige, thank you so much for hanging out with me for a bit. Oh, thank you so much. I'm super excited about this. Me too. And, and actually for, I mean, I'm already excited about the topic but I'm especially excited for this conversation with you specifically because uh, there's a bit of a twist on this conversation. And I'll just go ahead and break the fourth wall here, if you will, at the beginning of the conversation <laughs> and say that we are doing a brand position consultation. And normally I have guests on and we talk about you know, whether they have a brand position statement or they want to create a better one, um, how to go about doing so. And then I try to do that along with them during the interview. In your case, you've actually created a really beautiful brand position statement, which I'll share here in just a little bit. I want to understand how you landed on that and um, kind of walk our listeners through that process. And I still want to give them some of the same context that I do in our normal consults as well. But we'll get to that in just a second. And if you'll bear with me, Paige, I just want to give context to everybody listening in, especially if this is their first brand position consultation. Um, we talk about brand position regularly on our normal episodes, but I decided to, to, to go ahead and create individual episodes dedicated specifically to this topic. Brand position, very simply, is the value proposition that our businesses offer to our market. Uh, and more specifically, or more ideally, it's a unique value proposition. So ideally, we offer a service as a photographer that is unique to any other service in the market or in a way that's unique to any other service in our market. And hopefully it adds value in some way to our potential client. The significance of the brand position is pretty simple. Uh, and to be clear, and I've said this multiple times before now, but it, it's not, I, I don't want to suggest that a brand position is an end-all be-all, but it has significant value when it comes to marketing and, and actually four specific benefits. One, it immediately helps a potential client know what our unique value proposition is, that they land on the homepage of our site and that position statement sitting there above the fold and they can see it immediately within just a couple of seconds. They immediately know whether or not our brand is potentially going to be a good fit for them. And then the second benefit goes along the line, same lines. It filters irrelevant potential clients. Thirdly, it simplifies and focuses our marketing efforts because now we're not juggling multiple messages. We're focusing on one primary message and again, along that same line, it encourages better time management because now our brand is built around this message, which means that our, all of our services, all of our efforts can drive that one specific message. Our time is much better focused. And as a result, then we have more freedom at the end of the day. Um, so those are some benefits of a clear and distinct brand position. But I want to give a little bit of context to this conversation with Paige. Paige, can you share with our listeners, first of all, what market you're based in currently? So I am in the Richmond, Virginia area, and I'm a family photographer. 
Okay, cool. And and I, the the simple summation of family photographer is interesting. I, I did a little bit of research in your uh, or of your so-called competition in the area. Mm-hmm. There are quite a few photographers in that area, aren't there? There are so many photographers around here. It really, I've only, so I, I had a photography business back when I was in college and I went to school um, at w- WVU, West Virginia University. Okay. So I had a wedding and senior portrait business back then that was like, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And then I took a long break from photography, moved to Richmond, Virginia in 2011 and really did not even try to break into the market here until the last couple of years, because it is so oversaturated with um, photographers, which I guess is the case in a lot of different areas, but particularly wedding photographers and most wedding photographers in this area seem to also do families as well. So yeah, tons of competition, a lot of competition, which brings us back to really the purpose of a brand position. One of the primary purposes is to create that distinction in a noisy world in 2020, when people are scrolling through Instagram and Facebook and they see a lot of potential photographers, or if they even do a Google search, they're going to see a lot of potential photographers to serve their needs. How do we create some distinction in their mind to separate us from all that so-called noise and the brand position can play a really significant role in that effort. You mentioned that you tell potential clients now that you're a family photographer. If you were just sum it up, like this is the genre that I offer. It is family photography. So I (laughs) I love the deep breath there. (laughs) (laughs) I thought so much about this. I mean, I think when I'm in like just conversation with people, I refer to myself as a lifestyle and documentary family photographer, but I don't think the average person has any idea. I think more people are familiar with the term lifestyle photographer, but I don't think people really know what a documentary family photographer is and also probably don't know the difference between a lifestyle and documentary photographer. So I always am in this place where I want to clarify um, what I do because it is somewhat different from what people typically think of as a family photographer, but I don't want to use, you know, photography industry buzzwords that the average person doesn't connect with. So that's been my, that's where I wrestled. And that's why I really have been interested in listening to these brand consultations and thinking through this really well, because I don't want to use words that my ideal client is not going to understand, but I do want to make it really clear. So it's, it's been a long process of landing on something that I felt good about. Well, and and I'm so glad that you highlight this idea of using photography industry terms because photographers have a tendency of doing that. They're using terms that they're familiar with, that their photographer friends or peers would be familiar with. But, you know, even lifestyle, yeah, it's used outside of the photography industry, but it's kind of vague too, right? We don't know exactly what that means. In fact, I I wrote down a a so-called brand position from one of your competitors, I'll share a little bit later, that used that that term lifestyle, but then they followed it up with with a bunch of stuff, which just confused the whole process. Um, I I think it can be easily misconstrued if if there isn't more specificity. And like you said, documentary... I mean, documentary photography, as most people, if they know the the term or the phrase, um, they might know it more as like news photography, journalistic photography, if anything. It's not used, you know, photo wedding photojournalism was kind of a phrase used for used quite a bit, actually, in the the wedding world for a bit. It seems to have kind of died down and gone away now. So they may not be familiar with it. So I'm I'm really glad that you highlight that because this is really it's a really great reminder. We need to be using words that actually resonate with a potential client or 
the potential client within specifically our target market. So, right. so, so important to remember. By the way, what, what even spurred your interest in this idea of brand position to begin with? Was it, was it a phrase that you were familiar with? So before I started listening to your podcast, I hadn't heard that specific phrase. I heard, I've heard people talk about their unique value proposition and yes. that kind of thing. But the reason I like the idea of a brand position statement is when I think about my unique value proposition, that feels like a broader, almost like idea or just like a, like a suite of different things that makes me different. But I mm. like the challenge of creating one statement that is kind of like your elevator pitch. Like no matter where you are, it is consolidated into one sentence. This is what I do and this is why I'm different. Interesting. You know, it reminds me of uh, what you just said reminds me of a an article that I've read. And I'm going to try to pull it up here as we're talking in preparation for a presentation I did on this at the Evolve Conference not too long ago. Um, this particular author was talking about the difference between a mission statement and a brand mm. position statement. And he was saying that the mission statement is a, a statement that we make for ourselves and mm-hmm. our, or, and or our team. So it's an internal mission, if you will, or goal, overarching goal or set of goals for the company. But it's not something that is going to speak to the value that we add to our client. That's what the brand position statement right. does. And I liked yeah. that differentiation. So when you said that kind of broader idea, that's what it reminded me of, the difference between mission yeah. and a brand position statement. And it is important to to note that distinction um, we will, you know, if nothing else, we'll link to that article in the show notes. Haley, will put that in the show notes uh, for everybody listening in at bocapodcast.com. But I want to keep going here. So I, you talked about family photography, documentary style family photography. Is, is that what you would say makes your photography unique in your local market currently? Or is there, is it something else? Yeah, I think that's the big part of it. I mean, I think it's a little tricky because for the documentary photographers out there, I think they would maybe say that my work is not completely docu- like not fully documentary, but I don't think, I think it's, it leans more towards that than lifestyle, which is, you know, a whole conversation in and of itself, like the difference between, or the, I guess the sliding scale between those two, but I really just love, I love photographing real life and just like the typical daily stuff of parenting little kids. Yeah. So, um, by the way, I have to, I have to interject here and say, speaking of little kids, the picture that you posted back on, on your Instagram on February 21st Mm -hmm. of your family is just the most adorable thing. And you've got (laughs) beautiful little kids for everybody listening in. If you go to Instagram, it's Sunday vibes photo, just like it sounds all one word on Instagram. We'll link to it in the show notes too, but you have an absolutely beautiful family. Thank you. They, you know, my kids, it's just like, I don't know what I would do if I had kids that weren't like super expressive. Both mm. of my kids are extremely like expressive in their facial expressions. And I just feel like they have been a masterclass in capturing real emotion I and bet. personality. It's been really fun to be in this season of parenting and, and to just like have new, I, I think it's hard to take a photo every single day when you don't have kids, it's just a lot more challenging to find those things that inspire you that you can capture. But with kids, I mean, there's just endless opportunities to capture stuff that's happening in your everyday life, which is really like, I started doing that for my family. And then that's kind of how I ended up, you know, photographing other families, which I think is the case for a lot of mom-tographers to use that turn of phrase. But yeah, lots of moms taking 
photos of their kiddos and then branching that out to photograph other families too. Well, and you posted a little picture of your girl four days ago. So this is going to be March 2nd, I guess, a black and white photo of her sitting at the front, what looks like the front door. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's a perfect example of capturing a moment in a way that is just stunning visually with the black and white and the the shadows Mm -hmm. creating these lines and yet the light highlighting her specifically in the doorway. Um, I I think it's, it really encapsulates kind of what you're, it seems like you're attempting to, to do not only for yourself and your family, but also for your clients. I think it's really lovely, but you mentioned the sliding scale between Mm -hmm. documentary and lifestyle. Can you explain what you meant by that? Yeah, I think there's probably a lot of different ways people approach this, you know, in the broader industry. The way I think about it is lifestyle is inspired by real life and kind of looks like real life, but there's still a lot of intentionality on the part of the photographer to get people in, you know, beautiful light and sometimes position them or even prompt them using questions or guiding thoughts or whatever to get them interacting with each other. And then you kind of shoot whatever unfolds. I would describe documentary photography as like, I don't intervene at all. Like I'm not positioning people. I'm not guiding them. I'm not necessarily talking to them at all. I'm just kind of like hanging out in the background, photographing whatever happens. And usually in my sessions, typically I do a little bit of both. Like I would say I have like 20% of the session where I'm trying to get that like Christmas card photo, you know, where everybody's like looking happy and they're kind of all grouped together. Yeah. yeah. I just, I figure if people are paying me, you know, a big amount of money, like even if it's not that big, but you know, it's significant to families to invest in photography. So if they're paying me for, you know, my services, I'm going to give them like the photo that they're going to frame and hang on the wall. But then I spend, the other 80% of the session, literally just documenting whatever happens. And I've done like, you know, around Christmas time, like families putting up the Christmas tree or baking cookies or whatever. I've done bedtime uh, routine sessions where I'm literally photographing teeth brushing and taking a bath and reading stories before bed and that kind of stuff. And then all range of stuff in between, you know, playing at the playground, hanging out in the backyard on the trampoline, um, just reading stories in mom and dad's bed and it's literally just, I don't, I don't intervene. I don't tell them like, Oh no, 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 come back and do that again. Like it's literally just, you just try to hang in there and keep up with the kids. <laughs> Make sure you can document as much as you can. Well, I, I like that you create that distinction and kind of a definition for our audience as well. Um, and, and it's a, it, it seems like a pretty accurate one. It's, it's interesting. I mean, lifestyle in a way you would, you would almost assume that it's doing what you were talking about that documentary. Mm-hmm approach, but you're right. There probably is quite a bit more posing and setting up that goes on in that right. realm. As far as the, the approach that you've taken to, or in fact, for that matter, just getting involved in photography in the first place, I'd really be mm-hmm. curious to understand the motivation behind that. And the reason I ask this is, as I've given this context in past episodes as well, a, a brand position statement ultimately is going to be the driver for a brand. Um, it's mm-hmm. going to represent what that serv- what that brand is offering as far as a service or a product is concerned. And that means that our, the time spent in that business is going to be driven by that brand position statement as well. And if that's going to be the case, then hopefully that brand position statement is rooted in our personal values and what we ultimately want out of our personal life as well. And it seems 
maybe it seems too big a picture. Like some photographers might argue that that that's trying to go too deep with it. But I think if we want to run a, a, a business that is fulfilling, it needs to be rooted in what we want out of life personally and trickle uh-huh. down from that. So uh, on that note, I'm curious, what were the driving factors, two or three reasons why you even started and now run a photography business um, in the first place? Yeah. So like I said, I had a little photography business back when I was in college and grad school. And that at that point, it was just, I just have always loved photography. And that was way back in the day when Facebook had just (laughs) introduced the feature where people could post photos. That was like brand new. So I started posting photos that I was taking. And then slowly people started asking me to photograph other things and eventually photograph weddings and it just kind of grew organically. And it was like, Hey, this is a great way to pay for school and to pay for living expenses and stuff like that. Um, and then, like I said, I took a long break, a couple years, few years in there where I hardly did anything with my camera. Like my camera was literally in the bottom of a closet with like a bunch of clothes piled on top of it. And I just didn't pull it out at all. Um, but after my son Nash was born, I, he was three months old and I was kind of just resurfacing from the haze of newborn life and um my husband was out of town one weekend and i felt like i just had a little bit more time to think and process and i was like you know i really want a creative outlet outside of my job Mm. that can just be something that's like just for me and something that can make me feel creatively inspired. Cause I've had lots of different creative outlets and different seasons of life, but it's always been an important thing. Like I have to have something that's inspiring me creatively. And I thought about like some different options that I can invest in, but I was like, you know, photography is something that I don't need a large chunk of uninterrupted time as a new mom. It's like, you're constantly <laughs> being interrupted and pulled from one thing to the next. So I really needed something that didn't require like, a huge chunk of dedicated time to do. You can take a camera anywhere you go. It takes just a couple seconds to snap a photo. And plus I was like, I really do want to capture my son's childhood and capture the, the childhood that we're creating for him. And I was like, I have all like thousands of dollars of photography equipment just sitting in the bottom of the closet. So that weekend I pulled out my camera and I just started shooting again. It had been a while. So I started taking photos of him and just whatever he was doing at, you know, three months old, basically laying on the floor, <laughs> playing with toys. <laughs> but then I just got so inspired to start capturing what our life actually looked like, because like I would occasionally take like a beautiful portrait of my son, you know, and like some beautiful window light. And at the time when I was taking the photo, those were the photos that I was really excited about because you have beautiful light, you know, a genuine expression. And I was really excited about them. But even a couple of months down the road with just a little bit of time, I like when I would look back at those photos, I did not care about them. Like I just was like, yeah, I mean, that's what he looked like on that particular day. And the light is beautiful and the photo is beautiful. But it was really the every day more raw. Sometimes the photos weren't even as good technically, but it, if it somehow represented what life was actually like in a way that took me back instantly to that moment, those were the photos that just made my heart stop when I would go back and look at them. And in particular, there's one, he was a little bit older, I think around a year old, but he was like standing up by our coffee table in our living room, um, eating Cheerios. And like, 
it was like a year later when I went back and looked at that photo, I was like, that is the perfect representation of what that season mm. of life was like. Like if you've ever had little kids yes. and there's just Cheerios literally all over your house yes. because that's like all they can eat. And it's just like the snack that you take everywhere with you. And it just took me back. And that's when I was like, you know, the beautiful portraits like are beautiful. And there's so many talented photographers who that is their passion. But for me, my passion is actual, just chaotic, magical everyday life. So really the motivation comes from very simply your desire to capture your family and, yeah. and then was it just the realization of the significance of experience of having those images that you wanted to share that with other people that you wanted them to have that same experience? Yeah, I think that was a piece of it. I mean, I'm an extremely driven, ambitious person. So it's very hard for me to like do something and then not be like, oh, I could turn this into a business or this could go beyond me. But one, I, you know, money plays a big part in it. And I wanted to eventually be able to not work outside the house. Like I wanted to be able to have more flexibility to stay home with my kids and also make money from doing something that I love. Like I'm just so, I have so much fun capturing families and being in community with other families. Like I have, you know, I'm in a similar season of life as most of my clients. And so, so many of them end up to be friends, particularly in like my little Instagram community. So I think community with other people, the flexibility to be able to spend more time at home with my kids. And then just, I just love like photographing this type of stuff. And there's only so many photos that you can take of your own family. <laughs> like I just like getting a window <laughs> into other people's worlds because, you know, you get bored shooting in your own house and just the people that you're around every day. So it's creatively really fun for me to enter into other people's spaces and to figure out how to capture their life in a meaningful way. Yeah. It gives you that outlet. That's, well, that's really great. And it, it's, and it's one thing to, and I'm glad actually that you bring up the significance of the finances. Like hopefully most of our listeners anyway are in this to actually not just simply do photography as a hobby, but actually run a business and generate revenue and money for mm -hmm. yourself or for your family. And and so I'm glad that you bring that up because that is a significant component, but to have those deep seated desires for, in this case, community, for example, and then mm -hmm. connection with your family at home and then having a creative outlet that ultimately serves others. Those are pretty big ideas that they're, they're really ultimately bigger than you. And mm -hmm. when that's driving what you do as a photographer, it, it becomes so much more fulfilling and yeah. um, so I'm, I'm really glad that you highlight those. What I want to do here before I have you share the position statement that you came up with and, and how you went about coming up with that or creating that is just create a little bit of contrast and comparison with your local market. And as anybody who's been listening to the series knows, I'm not sharing any photographers' names, nor am I trying to, to you know, make fun of anybody or, or um, bash on anybody. But what I do want to do is, is highlight how photographers are communicating and where that might fall short in some ways. But then of course, ultimately how it compares and contrasts to uh, in this case, what page needs to create in order to stand out. I did a couple of different searches. One was just for Richmond, Virginia photographer or photography. And there were a number of position statements and, and I'll put that in quotes because some of them, I don't think were even purposely position statements that it was just kind of in the text on the website uh, some had, many of them actually had position, position statements. There were a couple of brands um, that didn't, uh, but 
just to read a few of these off to give you some ideas for everybody listening and some ideas. And then Paige ultimately is for you in comparison and contrast. Uh, mm-hmm. This was under Richmond, Virginia, photographer of photography, capturing life's passions and visions through art. Uh, another was capturing your life's new beginnings, weddings, newborns, portraits. Uh, capturing your life's new beginnings is, I think, a really strong position statement. Yeah. And it does represent the idea, you know, weddings is a beginning of a, of a relationship. Newborns, obviously, a new beginning. Portraits confuses it to me a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and, and just if this person wanted to make their position statement a little bit stronger, having capturing your life's new beginnings would be strong by itself. And then, you know, the subtext have weddings and newborns or something to that effect. It might be a little bit more effective. Uh, another one was Richmond, Virginia wedding photographer. Uh, I'm going to skip down to this one that says capturing love and families. That was the statement there on their site, which to me is a little bit confusing because it's families like is love, not part of families. <laughs> Um, that was, that was just kind of, it was kind of amusing if nothing else, but it's, it's important. And again, I highlight like this, not to, to bash anybody, but just simply to point out for our listeners, you really have to think about what the words, how they come across to a potential Mm -hmm. reader or a client. Um, because if you just take a second, think about that, it's not particularly logical. You want to make sure that you're communicating something that represents your brand. Well, another one I wanted to highlight wedding photography in Richmond, Virginia, and destinations worldwide for awesome couples who appreciate the art of visual storytelling. Again, this is one of those that, yeah, first of all, it's relatively long, but um, the other kind of problem with it is we're we're calling out people who appreciate the art of visual storytelling. If you're, if you're going to hire a photographer by default, you appreciate the art of visual storytelling. So you're stating the obvious there, making it way, way longer than it needs to be. And it's not really creating any kind of distinction as a result. Um, so I just wanted to highlight that one. Another one was wedding photography for the joyful bride, uh, which again begs the question: like, are, are you? Does that mean that there are a lot of brides out there who aren't happy? Are there going to be mm-hmm. photographers who are unhappy brides? I, I've seen this word "joyful" used quite a bit on websites, and I don't know why it's become such a trend. But again, photographers listening in, make sure you're thinking about why you're using that. Maybe be a little bit more specific because joyful. Uh, again, I, I would like to think that most people getting married are, are going to be happy. At least I hope they are. Um, families that want to get their photos taken, at least in most cases, are happy about their family. That's why they're having their photo taken. So does it actually make sense or is it necessary to put something like joyful on your site? I'll just leave that hanging and, and let you figure that out for yourself. But think about it for sure. Another one was based in Richmond, Virginia. And then further along, freelance photographer who specializes in lifestyle and commercial imagery, which is quite the contrast. Um, but then mm. further on, they say from weddings and corporate events to family and commercial portraits. So at the end of the day, they're basically saying, I just do everything. And, right. and, and it really waters down the message. Again, specificity is important. Specializing is important. Uh, and I then did a, a search for Richmond, Virginia family photographer. And a couple I want to highlight here just so I don't ramble on too long, but one that just simply said family and newborn photographer. And that's very, very simple. But what we have to keep in mind, again, one of the significant messages here that I want to make sure all of our listeners understand is if you're going to create a brand position, make sure it's distinct. Saying I'm a family and newborn photographer states the genre that that you specialize in. And that's a good start. But it in no way creates any distinction between you and any other family newborn photographer in the area. And there's quite a few in this area. So something important to keep in mind. And one more I'll just highlight here really quick. Uh, the senior portrait experience for Richmond area high school seniors. Now, I thought this was actually a really wonderful position statement. Um, first of all, it does call out a genre and as a result, a very specific market. 
And secondly, they, they reference it as an experience, which I think is it's, at least sounds interesting. It's enticing. Like, what does what that experience involve? It's not just about photos. It's a whole experience. They also call out the market that they're, that they're targeting, in this case, Richmond area and the high school seniors. I thought it, it's very simple, but I think it's very clear and distinct. And, and in a way, they're kind of owning that, right? They're saying the senior portrait experience for mm-hmm. Richmond area mm-hmm. high school seniors. And if they not only back that up with their imagery, but the experience that they create in their marketing, they put themselves in a really interesting experience to own that marketplace as a boutique senior portrait photographer. So I thought that was a great mm-hmm. example of a strong position statement. I just want to highlight uh, although I realize they're not competitors directly to you, Paige, but um, sure. this this brings us to your brand position statement. And and I messaged you actually yesterday, I guess it was, <laughs> leading up to our interview today. And I was like, I, I just want to make sure I understand what you want, because you actually have a really str- strong brand position statement. I want to read this out for everybody listening in. You remember that Paige says that she's a, a largely documentary style family photographer. Her position statement on her site at sundayvibesphoto.com is very simply capturing the everyday magic of family life. First of all, talk to us a little bit about how you came up with this and then tell us a little bit about what it means on a deeper level to you. Yes. (laughs) Well, when you messaged me, my response, once was thank you because I've changed it like 15 times in the last week. (laughs) Have you really? Well, give us, give us the rundown. Like what, what were some of the other variations? So I, I, here was my mindset of like all the stuff that I was trying to cram into like one thing is mainly, you know, it has to have something to do with families because I do like, of course, just like any photographer, a few other little things on the side, but my main focus of what I want to be doing is families. And even though I do also, so I shoot newborns and maternity sessions, but even my maternity and newborn sessions are really focused around the whole family. It's not, I do you know, take some shots of like, you know, a newborn by themselves. But the session as a whole really is like, for the whole family. Um, So the whole family is in a lot of the photos. And then same with maternity, like, it's really just I almost treat it like a couple session at home, except like, the woman happens to be pregnant. So there's actually by the way, I just have to interject here, because there's a really beautiful example of that scrolling on your homepage of that couple, the, the woman's obviously pregnant, they're standing in the kitchen yeah. and it, it beautifully exemplifies what you're just talking about. Yes. That's one of my faves. Yeah. So I needed family to be in there. And then, um, you know, I was looking at my Google reviews and almost everybody used the phrase like everyday life, um, mm. in their review, as far as like my ability to capture like what they see as their everyday life. So I really wanted that word to be in there. Cause that seems to be, just like capturing the ordinary, you know, something around that. And then I also want, you know, I aspire for my images to have some kind of like magic sauce. You know, it's like when you think about capturing daily life, it's kind of like, oh, like what's exciting about daily life? <laughs> like it's just kind of like yeah. <laughs> it's it is ordinary inherently. Um, but I want it to look magical because mm. I like think that. I want to capture like the nostalgic parts of childhood and family life that, you know, 25 years down the line when these kids are grown and they, you know, come home and they look through photo albums or whatever. I want it to like take them back so that they can like feel that sense of like, oh, this was my childhood and for it to come to life for them. I actually have a picture that I keep on my desk um, and it's a picture from my childhood of me like 
in like this perfectly 1980s like bathroom yeah um and i have on like a nightgown and fuzzy pink slippers and i'm like brushing my teeth before bed and it's my favorite picture i've probably like four um Mm. in the picture Mm -hmm. but it's one of my favorite images from my childhood and i love that you know you see the 1980s bathroom you know a lot of families are like I don't want to do photos at my house because it needs to be redecorated or it is this or it's that or it's messy. And I'm like, you know what? Think about your kids looking back on these pictures in 25 or 30 years. Like they're going to be like, oh my gosh, like, look, remember that couch that we had or this or that? Like it is the setting that is the setting for their childhood. Like it doesn't matter if you think it's perfect. Like you want to capture that. So anyway, that was, <laughs> I get so passionate about this stuff. So I'm getting off track. But anyway, I wanted that and something about everyday life to be in that statement. And so, and also like a lot of feedback that I get is like how easy and relaxed my sessions are. Hmm. So I thought about including, trying to include that word relaxed in it. And when I first launched my website, when I first started doing um, photography for other families, relaxed family photos was like the brand position statement, I guess, although I didn't really think about it that way then. Okay. But I just didn't feel like that was specific enough. Um, and also like, what does that really mean, you know, for it to be relaxed? Well, and I, have, I want to jump in here because some of our listeners may have heard this episode, maybe you did too, but I, I did one recently where, uh, and this was for a photographer who photographs not just uh, wedding photography it doesn't do, I should say not just one genre of photography, um, but their, their effort and working with their clients is on comfortability. Mm-hmm. And, and so instead of saying being relaxed or being comfortable in front of the camera, um, what we ultimately landed on was helping you feel at home in front of the camera. Uh, yeah, because she so liked, good. she liked this idea of familiarity uh, that was a really big one. This is a, and for anybody curious, we'll link to this episode in the show notes, the conversation that I had with Anna Anderson. Um, and, and I think that the, the statement ultimately represented that idea of being comfortable in front of the camera, but with words that didn't just simply say that they didn't, they said it in a more colorful way that would resonate, that would create an internal image for somebody when they read that. And mm-hmm. so when I read this capturing the everyday magic of family life, you could say I'm a de- documentary family photographer, but that's just kind of flat and matter of right. fact. You're talking about the everyday magic. I think I think you're absolutely right. Using that word magic just kind of makes it makes it come alive. And you're doing it whether it's capturing light or you know angles like that photograph of your daughter. But you, you're you're capturing what might seem like an ordinary day in a way that is ultimately magical, whether in, yeah. in, in you know aesthetically um, in one way or another because of the light, the lines, or or composition or otherwise. And uh, so I, I love I love the way that you've ultimately phrased this because it's such a it's such a, a colorful way to communicate something that might normally just be very matter of fact. I'm a family photographer. I'm a documentary family photographer. Uh, it very yeah. much describes not only what you do, but it ultimately represents or is represented by your imagery. And that's another really important component to this whole process. Is if you make a statement, but then your your images don't back up that statement, uh, it's confusing. Yeah. And your images, I mean, your, your, your images are, are beautiful. You really do this in such a lovely way using white space and, and light and, and angles. And I, I just love it. And I ultimately, I think it's a really powerful statement. Thank you. Yeah. I, I really, I wanted it to be something that 
would make sense to anybody, but, um, but also communicate that, yes, I photograph families and yes, I photograph like everyday life, but like, I actually do think that it's, that it's magical, Mm. (laughs) um, that it can like, especially like just the everyday stuff of like childhood, like it is so like nostalgic, I guess is the things that I'm drawn to is like a lot of nostalgia. So I think it says something, you know, it's, it's, it's about my ideal client, but it also says something about me that like, I'm really passionate about this. Like I actually really think that it's magical and I want a big, I probably should have said this when you're asking about my motivations for, you know, creating a business, but part of what I really want to do is help families see this season of parenting, especially parenting little kids in a like in a little bit of a different light because you sort of get in the weeds of parenting little kids and every day looks exactly the same and it can just be really hard and it is really exhausting. It's a lot of work to raise kids, but I think every time I do a session, people are just kind of like, whoa, like I had no idea that this is what our life looked like. Like it's just Mm. giving them eyes to see what's right in front of them in a different way. That's going to give them that boost. Like I have one mom after I photographed her family and some of the photos and, you know, in the photos, her kids are kind of like climbing all over her and they're kind of just like on the floor being silly together. And she was like, she was like, I remember that day. And I remember being like, Oh my gosh, like, I'm so tired of children, like Mm. climbing all over me and um, everyone touching me. But she was like, when I look at those pictures, like all I see is love. Like, I just see that this is like, they, this is the way they're showing me love. This is like the childhood we're creating for them. So it was just a way to give parents perspective on this life that can feel so ordinary at times, but it is actually really magical in disguise. Beautiful. You you summed that up so gorgeously too. Um, (laughs) And again, I think this is a wonderful example, major props to you for coming up with something that so wonderfully communicates what it is that you do. And, And by the way, again, for backing up that statement with, with images that match. And I also have to add, it, it does a, it's a, um, it's a broad enough statement that it is, it enables you to accomplish not just photography, but also films, right? Is that something that you mm-hmm. do regularly? Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I could have said photos, but I really wanted to leave the space for films as well. I just started doing that in the fall of um, 2019 and it hasn't really, it gets definitely a, like, this style of photography in general is kind of new for my market, I think, but especially films is like way brand new. So people like don't really know that it exists until they see it. So I'm still in that phase of just kind of like educating people about it and doing a lot of portfolio kind of sessions, but it's so, I mean, what you can capture in video, especially when you're talking about families it is like a whole nother level than just a still image. Like yeah. it's just a really cool thing. I, I have loved experimenting with that. Well, you know, I wouldn't naturally recommend using the word capturing because so many photographers use it in, in their, in the copy on their site. But what it does right. for you in this case, that's actually the advantage is that it is broad enough a term that it enables you to, as an umbrella, have under that that brand position statement, both photography and film. And so in this case, it works. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's a a good move. Just in closing, though, I just wanted to make one or two suggestions, if I could, on on the website. 
because this position statement is so strong. Your imagery is gorgeous. Um, and, and literally just a couple of suggestions. One would be right now when I land on the homepage, at least on my laptop, and I'm looking at both the laptop and, and then on my iPhone as well. So I see both. But on, on the desktop version or the laptop version, Sunday Vibes photo company is what it is very large. And actually Sunday Vibes specifically photo company is kind of hidden underneath. Um, it's, it's dead center in the middle and very, very big in that position statement kind of hidden down underneath it. I would love to, this is my personal take on it, but I'd love to see that position statement a little bit more front and center and not necessarily yeah. center. Um, you know, if you had, uh, whether it was to, uh, you know, as these images are scrolling through, I'm looking on the homepage, um, that for example, that photo of the couple in the kitchen, you could have mm-hmm. capturing the everyday magic of family life in, in in a font size maybe close to what Sunday Vibes currently is in on the, the bottom right hand mm. portion of the the image and it would stand out really, really well and work with that image. Or if you had other images, period, multiple images, since you have the scrolling situation going on, to have images that have enough negative space in them. And in fact, I know you do because I'm looking at your Instagram account and you and you do it quite <laughs> yeah. a bit, very beautifully, to then use that negative space to put the position statement in. Let the Sunday Vibes, the, the company name and or logo to be in the in the top corner and a little bit smaller mm, and, and that. let that position statement stand out. So the moment the client lands on that site, they immediately put that position statement together with the image. And mm. I, I think the impact will be really, really great. Yeah, I love that. So that's just, that's honestly, that's really my my main suggestion um, as far as the, the layout and design is concerned, because what we focus on when we talk about brand position statement here on the podcast is that what is the impact that you're making on the potential client when they land on the homepage? Let it be driven by at least that position statement above the fold. Uh, and for anybody listening in who doesn't understand what the fold is, that is that, is that imaginary line that you have to scroll beyond in order to see. You want Anytime a potential client lands on your your homepage, again, on mobile or desktop, they need to see your position statement, certainly your business name, and uh, ideally at least one image that kind of backs up your brand or that represents your brand so they have a visual experience as well. And they need to be able to do that without scrolling. And that's a really big deal. Uh, Page has got these, these images that are scrolling on the homepage full screen, so it's really lovely in that way. And I think, Paige, if you highlight the, the position statement, kind of minimize a little bit the, the name of the company, that'll be great too. The other thing is because your photo and film, my suggestion would be just to leave it Sunday vibes, take the photo company mm, off so it doesn't mm. create any kind of confusion. And, it, and again, it kind of opens you up to be able to market uh, the film side of things as well. Yeah, that's great. I love that idea too. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Well, and thank you for, for sharing kind of your process, thought process behind how you created this. I think it's a really great example, again, of, of a position, really strong position statement. Um, we, we could all, um, I think, stand to do well to have something as, as just clear and yet colorful as what mm-hmm. you've created here. So I appreciate you sharing that with our listeners. Will you just remind our listeners one more time where they can follow you online? Yes, absolutely. So my website is sundayvibesphoto.com. And I'm very active on Instagram. Um, it's Sunday Vibes Photo. And there I have like a little 365 photo a day project going on. So I'm literally on there every day. Lovely. Yeah. And, and you all are going to want to log in and, and see this on your Instagram accounts. Um, make sure to, to follow Sunday Vibes Photo. Thanks once again, Paige, for making time for all of us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? 
And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu, M-I-I-L-U dot com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. <laughs>